With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hook em up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Shotgun Willie sits around in his underwear. Willie! Fighting on a bullet, pulling out all That's of good his stuff hair. right there. Uh, all right, starting the fabulous fifth hour. Always good to hear some Willie Nelson and uh, get this thing cranking up. Also had uh, Quinn Ewers quoting uh, Merle Haggard earlier this week on mm-hmm. social media. Turn me loose. Set me free. Set me free. That's right. A couple of the greatest songwriters of all time right there, Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard. Is that a good Merle Haggard song? Yeah, it's a good one. You've heard it. I'm sure I have, but I don't know if I think it's one of my favorites or anything like that. Think Quinn Rock? Can you think Quinn rocks that, or he was looking for a "Turn Me Loose" song? I think he was looking for a lyric. I think he was looking for a title that fit exactly the emotion he wanted to convey. There, <laughs> don't think he's rocking yeah. the Merle Haggard. Yeah, I, no, I think he's still he's rocking it, but I don't know if that's the song like he's rocking and jamming all the time. I don't know if he was like jamming that song and thought to himself, "This is the perfect song. It describes how I feel about my status as a you know quarterback." I think he was searching and looking for the perfect song that fits his personality and fits also the situation, and he found it. Merle Haggard, baby. I'm cool. I'm being criticized for my attempt to rap Easy E. Sorry. I was trying to get to the lyric, my old 6'4". Got a little bit of cold over here, Rod. Hey, that's My all rapping right. skills hey, are... Trust me, we don't want E rapping NWA on these airways, no. right? Because <laughs> he will be, be canceled and fired <laughs> yeah, ain't gonna be pretty good. quick. Yeah, they, yeah, they I'll good. do Willie, though. I'll do Willie. You do Willie all day. Yeah, yeah come on. No doubt. Uh, hey, we're going to do some high school football. I mean, it's that time of year. Regular season in the rear view. It's time for the postseason. Oh, yeah. And we got some doozies this weekend, uh, this Friday, to start the uh, by district round in the first round, uh, including Lake Travis and Vandergrift. This is, we talked about Vandergrift all year with Drew Sanders and Ooh. how dominant they've been. Uh, Lake Travis has kind of owned that rivalry. Uh, but, yeah, hey. you mentioned Jacob Henry, who is our buddy, our buddy Canada. Mark Henry's son. Yeah. He left to Lake Travis to go over and play at Vandergriff where he's playing on the offensive line. Playing really well, too. I think they, had, they said they had some plans to, you know, use them situationally. I think on the defense, too. I don't know if they've done that yet. I haven't watched yeah. a lot of their games. And, honestly, the games, a lot of them have been over before. <laughs> I don't want to say there's uh, – They've blown out a lot of opponents. Yeah, it's, but it's a rivalry, too. I mean, it's, it's – uh, the kids grow up playing together in different sports. Oh, yeah, they all know each other. bad blood there between yeah. the, the sides. And, oh, it's going to be good. Well, I think I, it's the best uh, team that Coach Sanders had. He won't admit it. I'll say it for him. It's the best team he's had. So – yeah, the best team you've had versus a good Lake Travis team, but we know this ain't the best Lake Travis team they've had, so you can't let this derail you if you're a Vandegrift. This is supposed to be one of your, your teams. And are they coming off a state title appearance? A championship game appearance last championship year, Championship game yeah. appearance last year. This is supposed to be, you know, the crescendo building up to this moment, and they got some dudes. They dudes. got some dudes, man. Hey, a uh, little bit, a bit of breaking news here. Uh, Kendall Rogers is baseball-related. You know, Texas baseball had their yeah. Fall World Series last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Kendall Rogers, though, over at D1 Baseball, the SEC has decided on two permanent opponent, opponents for all baseball programs beginning in 2025. So Longhorns will play this year, 2024, in the Big 12. In 2025, like everything else, they're going to move into the SEC. Okay. Uh, according to Kendall, 
Texas will play, this isn't surprising, Texas A&M and Oklahoma every year. Speaking of yeah, rivals. That makes sense. Uh, and then they'll rotate the others out of the yeah. uh, conference. Texas A&M will play Texas and LSU okay. every year. Um, you know, so the, 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 those, those Texas LSU matchups will be great, but it'll be A&M that'll have them every year. Uh, Oklahoma's going to play Missouri and Texas. And you wonder if these kind of fall in line with football. Because, you know, when they do the, the football, they want to do something similar okay. where you keep the, the rivalries together going. and then yeah, rotate yeah, yeah. it. I got you. Uh, Alabama is going to play Auburn and Tennessee if you're looking for football. Okay. Because when Alabama goes, when they go to the 16-team, Alabama still has to play Auburn every year. But then who's that other team going to be? That would mean that the annual LSU-Alabama game would be on a rotational basis yep. then. And Tennessee, well, again, does that hold true for football or is it only for baseball? Those are the things we're going to have to find out. Yeah, because it definitely has got to be, you know, that not all the rivalries uh, cross over to all the sports. No. It's got to be different rivals for, for some sports than others. But I do think that may be very – because we know Texas. Right? We just assume <laughs> Texas is going to play A&M in Oklahoma. Every year. That's just mm-hmm. going to be the case. And now yeah. Aggies may want something different, but, you know, the SEC, ESPN, they didn't push for this to not have the Texas-Oklahoma game and the yeah. Texas-Texas A&M game every year. That's right. They were trying to buy those rivalries and re- re-engage them. Uh, but so A&M gets Texas every year and then LSU. That may be the case for football too, Rob. They want, you know, they want LSU to be their rival. LSU is the one that thinks A&M as a rival is beneath them, right? Because no, their rival right now is it, Alabama. They, well, Alabama thinks LSU is beneath them. Alabama's like, nah, man, y'all ain't a real rival. But we may accept Alabama thinks they, they have multiple rivals, right? So they're that big of a brand. But I've talked to LSU people about this at nauseam. We talked about it even when LSU played here. I remember having this conversation, and they do not view the Aggies as a rival and don't want the Aggies to be a rival because they don't want the Aggies to think they're on their level. Well, that'll right? be the interesting. This is funny that these, yeah. are, these are out before no, football has been announced. Yeah, no, nobody wants to basically – Everybody wants to outkick their coverage when it comes to their rival, right? You want a you want a rival that you you want a rival that's on your level. You don't want to believe you settled for your rival, right? And that's what happened with Texas and Texas A and M. Right now, Texas believes like, nah, they're on a different level than A and M. So our rival is Oklahoma because we respect Oklahoma's football tradition and re- respect their uh, their football achievements and accomplishments. So we want a blue blood like us to be our rival. And you don't want a rival where you know, like I said, they're outkicking their coverage or you settled. And that's what LSU believes they are with A&M like man they settled for them but LSU doesn't really have a rival either yeah. so LSU is saying man listen, you don't have a rival A&M you don't have a rival we're going to play matchmaker and you guys can be rivals and LSU's like no but the Aggies are all about making LSU the rival because they're out kicking their coverage yeah well and that, that becomes <laughs> the question because I mean there is a rivalry between LSU and Alabama it is uh, yes. because it, you know the Nick no Saban stuff Nick oh, Saban yeah. left to go to the NFL then back to Alabama they, they played in the Play the national title. Yeah, There's bad yeah. blood. They don't like each other. No doubt. They recruit against each other. Yes, I mean, if you ask LSU who's a bigger rival, A&M or Alabama, it's without a doubt Alabama. Yeah, that's it. But day. it may not happen annually. It, no, because Alabama's got other rivals. They got they Auburn as play their Auburn. main rival. Yeah, and then, but who, they well, they have Tennessee in baseball. So you wonder if it's going to still be Tennessee. I don't know. That, it, 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 that's why the SEC being a matchmaker for these rivals is going to be really important. Because we know football in baseball, Georgia Georgia will play Florida and Auburn. That which, makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. In football too, by the way. Because you got to play the cocktail party every year. Yeah, you got to play the cocktail party. And then Auburn's a border, you know, yeah. the, 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 it's only about a three-hour drive from Athens to Auburn. I don't know how they're going to do that. That's why I was – yeah, I mean, that's going to be tough. You're going to have some upset well, people. On this for no. baseball, LSU, Mississippi State, and A&M. Mm, that's not sexy. And Mississippi State's the bordering state. Yeah. And, of course, in baseball, that's – I mean, Mississippi State won the national yes, championship two years ago. LSU baseball, won it last exactly. year. That's sexy in baseball. That's sexy in baseball. I'm thinking about football. Different discussion. Different right. discussion. Yeah. 
so Ole Miss has Mississippi State and Arkansas. So, again, that's just for baseball. That's out today. Yeah, Arkansas, uh, to, how's that not, Jeff? Yeah, the Aggies, isn't that? Arkansas not, gets Ole Miss and Missouri as their yeah, rivals. I know. Yeah, because Arkansas is weird because I know they're old school. Obviously, Southwest Conference rivals to Texas. But didn't the Arkansas A&M rivalry feel a little bit and neither one of them? Well, would, wouldn't Arkansas be want to be a natural <laughs> rival with, with, with Arkansas or in Oklahoma? Yeah, I guess you have to get about Oklahoma coming in, you're right. Yeah, wouldn't that what you mean? If you're Oklahoma, Texas and, and Arkansas would be pretty good. I mean, those are the two bordering states for you, for yeah. two of them. No, that's interesting, yeah, because <laughs> as all Texas natural rivals are Oklahoma, Arkansas, and A&M. Yeah. And they get two of those three. Yeah. No, it's, it's, like I, said, it's, it, I don't know if they're going to be able to get it, get it right and please all they're not gonna. There's no way to please everyone. <laughs> yeah. That will never happen. But I think if they just get the marquee It's like your, your thought right. with like multiple women at once. You're not going to please them all. Exactly. <laughs> no one's yeah, not yeah. all going to be happy. You're have some, un, some unhappy women in that, in that situation. Mad, so right? just stick to one. <laughs> or two. Uh, you can do two. two you can probably pull like, off. Yeah, you can do two. You can focus. You can multitask. But you got four of them in there. Man, you got no shot. No way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> you got no shot. I love it. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I like what they're doing though. It's still it, it's it's fun to have the discussions about it, and I almost want, once these rivalries happen, they're gonna be permanent, right? There's no in, uh, in permanent the future, until they change them. You know what I'm saying? Do I say can't they change them every like seven, eight, five to seven years potentially? But I think you would want to. Can you shift it? I think you want to weather. I think you want to weather the early criticism and then just build yeah, it because you, right. you want that to build. Yeah. Because the next generation won't care. That's they'll, true. Just, they'll just have grown up with that as our rival. That's fair. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, the next generation won't care. We're the only ones who care about this stuff. The next generation, they'll and, accept and, the rival. And, and I think Texas is, is going to get what Texas fans want, which is A&M and Oklahoma every year. You can't break that up. That's all they care about. Uh, the other ones are going to have to well, yeah, deal they don't with care. it. fans, I know they care about Arkansas, but uh, Oklahoma and A&M are the priority when it comes to rivals. And A&M doesn't like being Texas's like side piece. That's their problem. They they know Oklahoma's our main thing, but they they are the side piece for Texas. So they don't want to be they don't want to be anybody's side piece. All right, and then rivalry. Some people are the side piece in the rivalry. Uh, that's what LSU is to Alabama, and they're fine with that. They're fine being the side piece. They're like, you know what, a- Alabama, you so damn sexy. We'll gladly be the side piece. Auburn can be your main thing, and we'll be the side piece. Because sometimes, hey, that 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 side hype is better than the main thing. Right, right? Right. Uh, and sometimes Alabama, and LSU will be uh, better than the main thing. I will say this: the first rekindling of the Texas Texas A&M rivalry. It'll be the first time in a while where the side piece, all right, the side, the, the, the side hype is better than the main thing because I think that Texas Texas A&M game, oh. which is the first one, just because it's the first one in a long well, time. Well, and the question is, will, will A&M have a new coach? Will that be their first year for whoever they hire? I want to say Brent Zwenerman is saying that they're going to keep him. He's saying right now that the tone is they're going to keep him. Right now it is. But they could, go, they could lose some more games and that could change. Yeah, right now Longhorn right. fans would – Okay with that. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think that's the best thing ever for Longhorns. The Longhorns are riding a high into the SEC, and you're right now at a low point. Yeah, that's dangerous, man, with the recruiting yeah, yeah. kind of momentum on yeah, Texas. I mean, Sark, Sark already last year flipped the recruiting momentum uh, in a big way when he took Anthony Hill Jr. away and, mm-hmm. you know, won some big head-to-head battles. And now it's getting worse for A&M, and it's getting better for Texas. Yeah, you just beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you know, you're adding five stars, and Arch Manning's going to take over at some point, and that, that's a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, though that that is out there today. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, it's good stuff. And um, <laughs> I'll throw this out there, too, since we're just talking about um, – just obviously the future of, of college football and the college sports here. Um, I think it's really interesting uh, what, what coaches are going to be taking over in like in next season too. Cause with the Harbaugh thing, 
with right now it percolating and we have no idea how it's going to end, other reports are he could leave. There are a ton of reports now coming out of uh, Southern California that Lincoln Riley is still like that's still a, in play a for possibility. The NFL. Yeah, that he could leave with Caleb Williams, that kind of thing. I mean, you can see a major shift in the coaching carousel well, remember, this offseason. If Jimbo Fisher's a part of it, if Tex- Jimbo Fisher's a part of it. On Texas' schedule next year, Michigan. A&M. Oh, I think about that, actually. Yeah, they play Michigan. It could be a new that. head coach there. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I mean, we're talking <laughs> about blue bloods where you could see a major shift all at one time. Well, you know what happens when you have a blue blood or one or two blue bloods in the same offseason shift. The, man, the domino effect all across college sports because you get teams getting, you know, upgrades, hiring, yeah. hiring coaches. So that's something to watch, man, because that could happen. I think we could see potentially three to four if Jimbo is uh, one of those two. Well, I don't know if you consider Florida a blue blood, but there's a lot of talk with yeah, Billy Napier, Napier that he's they know he's in over his head. Because they want Dion potentially over there, too. A lot of talk about oh, getting about Dion to really, to really get a middle finger to Florida State. We get Dion because Dion and Florida State got a weird relationship going on. It's I don't know what it is it about transactional. Him. Probably it's something weird where they he must grew up down in Miami, right? He he grew up in Florida. He grew up in uh, was it um, Fort Myers, I believe it is. Yeah. But I'm talking about when he references Florida, he talks about how he graduated from HBCU. <laughs> he yes. does. He's like, I graduated from HBCU. I don't know what y'all talk about. That's where my degree is from. It's weird. He doesn't give Florida State a lot of props. Something happened there. I'm just not 100 percent sure because uh, you know a lot of people thought that he he, he would represent you know Florida State more and even before he took the head coaching job at Colorado, but he never really did, and he hadn't shown them a lot of love. Something's going on. There's some bad blood there. All right. Well, we'll yeah. keep an eye on that, the coaching carousel that time of year. That's out today, according to Kendall Rogers. Texas is permanent. Baseball rivals are okay. Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, okay, so real quick, before we get to a timeout, we're going to talk to Drew Sanders. Yes, sir. There are, there are high school football games tonight, Rod, uh, in our area. Mason okay. will play Thrall. Wimberley, the Texans, are going to play Pearsall tonight in uh, uh, first-round action. Little and Blanco will play tonight. Mm. Uh, what else do we have? We have Taylor playing Bernie. We've got Belton playing Travis. We've got Junction playing Weimer. So, so there's some games tonight that are going to get after. Tomorrow, of course, the big slate of Friday first-round mm. playoff action. Slobber knockers there, man. Big time. Big time. And yeah. uh, obviously we'll talk to Coach specifically about his game with the Lake Travis Cavaliers. But uh, uh, that's number one in our area, according to Max Preps, and it's number four in the area. So you – um, you know, the winner of this game Friday night can get on a run. I mean, you got to win this game first because then it, it probably eases up a little bit yep. until you get further down. But this becomes the huge one. Bowie and McNeil will play. So the Bowie Bulldogs made it in at four and six, Rod. Bowie's four and wow. six, but Coach Abel's team is in playing in that very tough district. Man. They are going to play Ooh. McNeil. Um, you know, the, the Weiss Wolves are in. They're going to play Cedar Hill. That's a matchup of uh, Metroplex in down. Uh, Pflugerville and LBJ Austin tomorrow night, Rod. Pflugerville's in it as, as three and seven. Pville, man. Yeah. How, how does that how does that work? He's got a top four in the district. Wow. Those districts are okay. I mean, you probably didn't win a game out of district, and then you mm. won enough in district. Yeah. Westlake will play Round Rock. Uh, that's, that's, that should be well, West well, the Dragons are four and six. Yeah, I would say Westlake's loaded. That's, this that's is when the big Canyon dogs. And Cedar, the big dogs come out yeah. to play. Yeah, that's yeah. when the big dogs come out yeah. to play. Uh, New Braunfels Canyon will play Cedar Park, both seven and three. That's a good matchup tomorrow night. Vista Ridge and Dripping Springs will be a real good game. Those are a couple of top ten teams in our area, and Dripping Springs at number three. Remember they lost early to Vandergrift, uh, didn't lose much. They, they beat Lake Travis. Dripping Springs did this year in the regular season. Oh wow. Yeah, that's a big, one. That's a big game. Uh, you also have McCallum and Rouse tomorrow night. New Braunfels and Johnson will play. Uh, also, Lampasas, Uvalde, and Connolly and Giddings. So, uh, high school football on the brain. And Vandergriff, Lake Travis. Lake Travis 8-2 and two this year. 
They're not their typical dominant uh, Lake Travis team. I know. It's like, it's like we talk about Nick Saban and, and in Alabama. He's like, they're not their usual dominant selves. Just eight, just won 80% of their games. Not <laughs> well, for Lake Travis, that's a, that's a poor season. That's, that's like saying. Nick Saban, yeah. Exactly. It's like, that's how hot his dad is. Like, yeah, they're down this year. How many games did they win? Yeah, eight out of ten. They're down. <laughs> but that, that, that is how high the standard is. You're right. They're not that user dominant. Says, and I think uh, you talk about Vanderbilt. I think it may be the best team that coaches. Well, had. and they're playing that game at what would be a raucous Monroe Stadium, where the home field of the Vanderbilt Vipers. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's and it, he said they they're hungry this year, man. They made it last year, but didn't couldn't quite get the job done. And by all accounts, just looking at. The guy, the players they acquired in the offseason, the Adams boys and Jacob Henry, they got better. Yeah. <laughs> Dual threat quarterback. Yeah, they got better, man. All right, let's uh, let's come back and we'll talk to Drew Sanders, the head coach of the Vandergrift Vipers. Rod will take us behind the burnt orange curtain as well, and we'll do a what's popping before we get out of here. Safe to say, we're loaded all the way to 11 o'clock. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, we've got uh, Drew Sanders coming next, the head coach of the Vandergrift Vipers. Playoffs are here after a 10-0 regular season and a district championship. The real season gets going, and uh, I want to remind you that our visits with Coach Sanders brought to you in um, assisted by our friends at Brain Vault and the Brain Vault Technology Revolutionary and Padded Mouth Guard. Proven to help reduce the risk of concussions. His team has been fitted and wears their brain vault technology and the mouth guards. The Vipers do, and they're going to play a team this week in Lake Travis that also has been fitted for and wears the brain vault technology. Your team can be scheduled for a fitting, uh, and you learn more about brain vault at the website, brainvault.com. All one word, the brainvault.com. Uh, check it out, learn about it, and uh, Get your young athlete in a collision sport fitted for their brain vault technology uh, right now. Join the revolution. Right now, let's go to the Vaqueros hotline and welcome the head coach of the uh, Vandergriff Vipers, 10-0 and on the year, district champs with that big win last Friday night into the postseason now facing Lake Travis and what a rivalry that is, what a game it should be. He is Drew Sanders. Coach, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Doing great, Coach. Doing great. Uh, exciting time of year. Before we do that, I get it. We get texts every time you come on from several people who, who remind us that not, not only is your football team really good, your whole athletic department, but that your band recently won the 6A state title in band, which I know you're very proud of as well. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I say all the time, every time I get a chance to get in front of our parents or whatever, I believe it's the best high school top to bottom in the state of Texas, and there's not a um, sport or um, competition that we don't um, do well in, and it's just a special school, and and it's become home for me, and I'm super proud of uh, groups like Band, and there's so many other amazing groups, too. You know, our cross-country team just won uh, second in state. Boys did, and, and there were regional champs. Both boys and girls were regional champs 6A. I mean, that's just hard to do. 6A is so competitive. So, yes, congrats to the band team, or the, the band group, too, for sure. Now, you don't get to see them, but I've heard that they put on one heck of a halftime. Like, you, you don't – a lot of folks will leave to go get popcorn during halftime, but not in a Vandergrift. <laughs> they stay to watch because it's, it's, they put on a show. That's pretty cool. They do, yeah. Uh, yeah hey, I come, come out to, at the very end. I've never really seen it. 
That's awesome. Hey, Coach, I want to ask you because, hey, you know, uh, you got a lot of great players out there. Um, you know, my favorite player is on defense for you is Alex Fosterman. He is, I call him T-1000. He's a Terminator out there. <laughs> he's just uh, destroying ball carriers. Uh, is, is he back? Is he back with the team? I know he's dealing with an injury, but is he is he back? Did he, did he come back last yeah. week or is he back this week? Yeah, he actually got to play some last week. And so we were, he was very thrilled, but we were thrilled to have him back too and got to play, I think, three drives last week against Westwood. So that was great. And and uh, getting back in the swing of things, and then he'll play um, again this week. And so we're we're thrilled to have him back. He's a he's an excellent player. Yeah, difference maker on the yeah. defensive and tackling machine. Oh man! Uh, you, the other defenders ever get jealous when he's out there? That he gets to make all the tackles, or he is, he's the one showing up to the ball? Is that the way that works? <laughs> No, I think I think they're glad to have him back. You know, it was good to have him in the huddle this week, and and they know that um, he's been. You know, they know how hard it is to sit out. I mean, anytime you've got an injured player, it's just painful to watch him um, just sit there and while they're waiting to heal. And so, anyway, I think they're they're glad to have him back. Sure, sure. Stuff. All right, Coach uh, Lake Travis. We'll 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 talk about them. I mean, this is there, there's there, there's a rivalry here. This is for sure. Off down six twenty. Um, you know, there's always been a kind of a measuring stick game, and, a, and a, uh, as you were building the program, this is kind of the the it program of West Austin. And now here you guys are squaring off in the first round of the playoffs. The field is whoever can can find a win in this game can make a run here. But you got to get through this first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's. This is kind of a dream matchup for a lot of fans um, because it's going to be just an amazing game between two good teams. Um, yeah, we used to play Lake Travis. We were put into their district when we just started. You know, the very first time I played them, they were kind of beginning their run that they were on, played against Baker Mayfield and all those guys. Um, I was playing without seniors. <laughs> and so kind of an opposite uh, first year of the program kind of feeling. Uh, then played them again and. 16 and 17, I believe, uh, lost to them in 16 and 17. 16, of course, they were kind of on their run that they, you know, went 16 and 0 and crushing everyone. 17 made a game of it. They, they, um, I think, beat us by 11 or 12. That scored in the fourth to go up 11 or 12. Um, but hadn't played them since. But they've done an, obviously an amazing job. I mean, anytime somebody's won multiple state titles. I mean, just what a elite program. And so uh, we're hoping our young men go out and, and play well and, and play like they play like they can. Hopefully it's a good game. Hey, Coach, I got a strange question for you. It's going to seem kind of weird. Um, pre-game meals. Do you guys have a certain pre-game Ooh. meal you eat before every game? Uh, does it have to be the same thing? Or are we switching this up depending on who we're playing, where we're playing? What's the pre-game meal situation for y'all? Because y'all winning the way y'all win and eat the same thing every game. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we do. We do. We eat the same thing. Uh, it's Olive Garden, and we're, you know, we're definitely going with carbs and chicken, easily digestible stuff, you know, um, all that, all that kind of stuff. We'll play some morning um, we'll do some, you know, afternoon. Like if we are fortunate enough, we've played on Thanksgiving multiple years. And so uh-huh. on the day after Thanksgiving and, and so those games are always at two. And so that means we're going to be eating some breakfast tacos and maybe some pancakes or things like that. Um, and so, yeah, but we do not change it up. Our sub varsities get Chick-fil-A. I think they're probably tired of Chick-fil-A. I never get tired of Chick-fil-A. There's an advertisement for Chick-fil-A. Um, but, uh, and then our, our varsity is going to eat some kind of, you know, serious pregame meal with carbs and and chicken and and, um, Gatorade and try to hopefully fuel them for, for victory. 
Yeah, nice. fuel them up. Like carb, carbo load. Yeah, that, by the way, it is National Fried Fried Chicken Sandwich Day today, Coach. So oh, you're looking up. They're, all, they're having all need to partake. All kinds of deals. All kinds of deals out there. Uh, if you're looking for a fried chicken sandwich. Hey, Coach. Uh, you know, you mentioned you haven't played them since 2017, but I know all the you know the youngsters kind of grow up playing against each other in, in you know youth groups and youth sports, and uh, so there's a lot of familiarity between the players. How familiar are you with Hank Carter? I mean, you guys are both defensive guys and defensive yeah. mindset guys, and I'm sure you've had many conversation about football Mm -hmm. yeah hank's actually a a good friend of mine well we talk multiple times throughout the year um and he's just uh he's great he's a great dude he manages his program his kids um play really hard they act right um i mean obviously he's had all the success but in addition to the success i mean he's very humble you know, if I'd won multiple state titles, I don't know if I'd be that humble as he, as he is. Um, uh, you know, he just he does a great job. His his team um, is always coached very well too. Like they they don't make the the little mistakes. You know, the false starts, the thing. You know, the things like that that sometimes teams can do. So yes, we we um, are good friends and and um, and think he does a heck of a job. What about, what about uh, the, the preparation for this game? I mean, you guys, is there a, a place where you feel like you can exploit this group? I mean, I, I, one thing I always know when you get to this level of football and you're playing two teams that are this evenly matched, you're 10-0, they're 8-2. Uh, special teams becomes huge in games like this. I mean, you mm-hmm. you might neutralize each other in some places because they've got players. They're, you know, you're going to be well scouted and vice versa. You know, special teams becomes really big in your coverage teams and your kick teams. Uh, that, sometimes that can mm-hmm. become the difference in one of these big games. Yeah, you know, they have um they've returned a couple kickoffs for touchdowns. Um we've returned some punts for touchdowns. Um and that's such a great point and a great question that I really do believe that this game is going to turn on fourth downs and it's going to turn on special teams. Um and so there'll be somebody, either us or them or both, that will go for it on um fourth and short or fourth and medium at some point in the game and um you know, whoever wins that and then in addition to that hidden yardage is what we call it around here, but that hidden yardage of special teams, whether Miles can, you know, can get a punt return um, or, or their their guys can, can do. They have special athletes also. And so um, special teams is always going to um, give it, give an opponent a chance to or give you or the opponent a chance to win for sure. Hey, Coach, uh, you just brought up fourth downs there. Uh, you know, Sark has famously said he, he's more of a gut guy when it comes to whether we're going to go for it on fourth down, kind of going with his gut feel of the game. Tom mm-hmm. Herman famously had the, the green binder or folder that was full of the analytics and metrics that he'd refer to. What are you, Coach? You're, you're a binder guy or you're a gut guy when it comes to fourth down conversion? Uh, I, yeah, that's, that's a cool question. I do both, actually. So we have some analytics that we do. Um, and then we also, of course, you know, this is my 17th year as being a head, being a head coach. And so I kind of go off of what, what I feel. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, um, it is, I'd say a, a, a good mix. There are times in games, especially games that are close that I, I've, I feel like as, as a coach, sometimes, you know, you, you're going to ask your staff, like when we're, you're kind of going and, and you know, when it's automatic, everybody's going, but I'm talking about the times like in the first quarter, that's fourth and one and you're on your own end, you're on, you know, you're on the 40 uh, on your own end or things like, you know, offenses supposedly get fourth and one 78% of the time. And so, you know, you, you technically should go for it every single time, no matter where you are on fourth and one. But we all know that that's not necessarily the case. I'm not going for it on my own 15, you know, early in the game. 
Um, so, but I would say I, I do a I do a good mix of that. But sometimes those analytics kind of help you um, say, well, the math says you should go for it, and we're kind of stuck whether we should do it or not. You know. Yeah. Well, and it's also a momentum play, right? We see it at all levels, and you know as a defensive guy, Coach, when your defense can get a stop on a fourth and short, uh, it's a turnover, and it becomes a momentum yeah. you know, flow right to your sidelines, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, that is one of our – you look at um, any of any of our big wins over the past whatever 10 years, you know, guarantee some of the big wins and the close games – guarantee you could find a fourth down conversion or a big like you're talking about a big fourth down stop and it just energizes the entire sideline um your team and uh, of course as a defensive guy there's nothing like uh, a fourth down stop oh <laughs> i agree with that coach it's, it's a special that, satisfaction man it, it is. is even better than a turnover because it is a turnover because it's, it's, yeah. it's a team it's, a team it's like a team turnover yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome and the, and the uh, give us from that is fun yeah, yeah totally that's agree. why that, that that's where that seventy eight percent is. It sounds like a great percentage, but that twenty two percent can flip a football game face. really <laughs> fast. That's right. Hey, coach, the uh, the scouting report of Lake Travis for for our audience and your your fans are going to see this game in your stadium. It'll be sold out. It's going to be packed uh, and hyped. What is uh, what's your scouting report of this this year's Lake Travis group that comes in at eight and two? Well, they're they're tall and long in the front um, defensively. Uh, very talented in the secondary, um, and uh, of course, Hank. We just already mentioned Coach Carter and what a good job he does on defense. Um, I don't know the amount of college commits. You know, sometimes he'll have multiple Division One guys in the secondary, but they're playing like they are. Um, he's got them playing really, really fast. Um, and then offensively, they've had you know an injured quarterback. Um, Caden Leon, I think is how I pronounce that. I know that mm-hmm. he's number 12. He's very, very good. Um, and then they have two, both playing. Um, and so I don't know. We don't know what's happening with him, so we'll have to kind of wait and see see if he's back or not. But two came in and did just a tremendous job. They passed for a bunch of yards the last couple of games. He's there. He's one of their receivers also. Um, did I believe is his name. And so both of those guys are, are just unbelievable athletes, uh, can run around, um, can throw it. I mean, to have two quarterbacks like that on the team is just kind of kind of crazy. Um, and then, of course, their receivers are talented. They got um, their running back is back um, from last year, an all-district performer, um, big offensive line. I mean, you can see why they've they've scored, you know, in the 50s and 60s, multiple games. And so, um, they are um, especially talented on on the receiving core, though. As I'd probably say, that's one of their biggest strengths is how talented and, and equal every single receiver is so good. Great challenge. It looks forward. It's one of the highlight games, not just in this area, but around the state uh, to start the playoffs. This is one of those you could run into this game in a state champion, your state uh, semifinal kind of game you're playing in week one. Uh, best of luck, Coach. We know it's a, it's a huge challenge, and uh, your team, congratulations on a great regular season. Now let's see what happens starting Friday night with the playoffs. Thanks for the visit, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, yeah, Nico. Good luck, coach. Yeah, our guy Nico Hamilton still playing running back for Lake Travis, <clears throat> that's right. of course. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Harge's Ken nephew, Kinfolk of Harge. Yeah. Um, the quarterbacks he's talking about uh, for, for Lake Travis, Chaston Dita, uh, and then Caden Leone. He it's, says it's, he's not sure who's going to play or not. It's Lake Travis. I mean, they're, they're a factory, so they, they always got a couple. <laughs> well, and their two losses this year are to Westlake in a six point ball game. Remember when Ty lost the bet to me and gave me 20 points? I know. I like, that. Come on. Uh, they, but easy. they beat them 20 to 14, but they also lost to Dripping Springs 24 to 6. Hey, Drip, That's man. probably their worst performance as far as I got. Yeah, Drip can, 
Trip can go. Gay can go. Yeah, well, and that whole – I mean, we, we know with the growth of Austin, and we've seen it up through mm-hmm. Williamson County with the you know those schools and how mm-hmm. talented they yeah. are. But, man, that 620 corridor down into Dripping Springs. Yeah, ain't no joke. Uh, big time. Starting to build some programs around here. We're talking about powerhouses that uh, compete for state you titles. You start seeing a lot of homes going up, Rod, and high schools. You're going to see – in schools, you see a lot of good players. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yep. And Westlake, Dripping Springs. Uh, Lake Travis, now Vandegrift, big yeah, I've, time. I've talked about this with Jerry Hamilton before, and you really could. You can follow almost migration patterns in the country. Oh, and sure. you can follow <clears throat> population booms around the country. And you could uh, – not not you know very accurately, but somewhat accurately predict where you're going to get these uh, these hot pockets of fertile recruiting grounds. That's why Georgia is what they're doing now. Central Texas, you well, you know one that, the, that one that's becoming one that's that wasn't is Phoenix. Arizona. Phoenix. <laughs> yep, I'm saying Arizona. Phoenix. And it, it really is. You, you track migration patterns and population booms, and most of the time, like a seventy percent of the time, that's going to be a fertile recruiting ground for a certain sport in that area. And a lot of time, it is football. Yeah. Well, and he said with Vandergriff, it's just such a high level. You know, the parents expect a lot. It's a demanding school. And that's Great. what happens too when you bring in a little affluence into the neighborhood. Oh, like, yeah. hey, I want my kid to play in a good in a good football program. Oh. And the booster club gets, you know, they get they get pumped up and promoted. And oh yeah, man, you get it going. They got it going in Vandergriff. I ain't gonna lie. Well, that's a fun game tomorrow fun night yeah. at Monroe Stadium. Uh, brought to you by Brain Vault. Doctor Greg Eckert, of course, a great team. Get your kid fitted, your youngster fitted today. And thank you to Drew Standard. Let's go behind the burn orange court one more time. Texas TCU coming up Saturday. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. um, I want to talk about actually the Texas defensive, really the defensive effort. And we're going to start with the defensive line and the tackle specifically. How about this? The Texas defense is allowing 87 rushing yards per game in Big 12 play. That is the fewest rush up, uh, rushing yards uh, allowed by opposing teams in Big 12 play for Texas since 2009. As a matter of fact, if you just take all the teams in Big 12 play in the last 15 years, it would be the fourth best rush defense in Big 12 play in the last 15 years. All right, since basically since 2009, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, that so for Texas, I, I think the number one is 2009's defense allowed 60 rushing yards per game in Big 12 play. Uh, Oklahoma State in 2009, man, that was a good year for defense. Uh, allowed 72 rushing yards per game in 2009. That's the second most allowed in the last second fewest, excuse me, allowed in the last 15 years. And then Missouri is at 77.8. Also in 2009, <laughs> um, that was the third fewest rushing yards allowed in Big 12 play uh, in the last 15 years. Texas is right now fourth, and they ain't done. Still got three games up. And by the way, TCU going to be a pass first team. Texas Tech going to be a pass first team. And we'll see if Iowa State can run the ball. But it's really it's very likely that Texas improves on that number, and they may be in the top three by the end of the season. Um, Pro Football Focus had uh, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat rated as the highest-graded D-tackle combo in the country. The two highest-graded D-tackles in the country – all right, right now, Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, 91.3 grade for Tavondre Sweat, 89.5 pro football focus grade for Byron Murphy. They had 12 combined pressures in that game versus K-State. If you look at it right now, 
Byron Murphy has 28 quarterback pressures. Tavontae Sweat's got 19. Uh, Byron Murphy leads the Big 12 defensive linemen in quarterback pressures. He has a 21.2% win rate. He has a 90.6 pass rush grade by Pro Football Focus and a 14.4% pressure rate. Those all lead all Power 5 interior defensive linemen in all of those numbers. So I know Tavontae Sweat is is right now considered – by Pro Football Focus, <clears throat> excuse me, to be the highest graded D tackle in the country. But in a lot of measurements and a lot of metrics, Byron Murphy has been just as, if not more, productive than Tavondre Sweat. That's how good these guys are. So we're having a discussion, actually, about the defensive uh, tackle room, really the interior D-line room. And I made the comment, I truly believe it, that in the last two years, this year and last year, the Texas interior D-line room is probably the deepest it's ever been in the history of Texas football. I can't think of a time where it would have been deeper. Think about it. Moro Ojimo and Keandre Coburn end up getting drafted. But behind them were these two guys, Byron Murphy and Devontae Sweat, who are now great as the top two best D tackles in the country. Then there's Alfred Collins. Then there's Vernon Broughton. You got to throw in there too. I can't remember it. And I played at Texas with the best D tackle duo in the history of Texas football. Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers, by the way, nobody's will ever beat that, that duo. They were unbelievable. 107 tackles for loss combined in their careers. <laughs> um, basically 97, not, basically through 97 through 2000, they were together. And only any D-tackle combo played together longer than they did. Hell, Casey Hampton led. He was the only and first D-tackle in Texas football history to lead the team in tackles twice yeah. from the D-tackle position, guys. His 2000 season, my first year as a starter, I remember it because I thought, man, this, this, this job is easy. Playing cornerback at, in, at Texas is easy. Well, I thought it was easy because I had Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers on the interior D-lines. I was like, man, these quarterbacks can't even throw half the damn time. Well, I learned later on. They were on their back. It was, it was like, I got to cover for like two seconds, man. I'm, I'm going to go to the league. This is amazing. Yeah, but it ended up being a lot harder than that. But think about this, guys. In that 2000 season, uh, Casey Hampton led the team in tackles with 78, had 22 quarterback pressures, four forced fumbles and 18 tackles for loss. He was a man amongst boys out there. I remember Mac Brown taking him out of practice drills in team and taking him out of practice drills uh, just because he would wreck the entire drill for the whole team. We couldn't even run the play. Damn. Couldn't even practice the play. It was like, Casey, t- just take Casey out. They wouldn't yell at him and be like, take Casey out so we can run this damn play and get the rep in. Because Casey would just blow up the whole thing. Him and Sean, they couldn't have him and Sean on the line at the same time <laughs> at practice because they would blow it up. They were that good. So I don't think Byron Murphy and Sweat are that good. But they're in the conversation. Um, they're, not, they're not Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers good, but they may be the best D-tackle duo we've had since then. 2014 was really good with Hassan Ridgeway and Malcolm Brown. Ten tackles for loss, uh, 13 tackles for loss for those two guys that year. Six sacks and five and a half sacks for Malcolm Brown and Hassan Ridgeway. Uh, but we haven't seen anything as dominant as Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, yes, since Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers. Last time we saw a duo that was that dominant. And how about this? Another stat to show you how dominant they are. When they play with a light box, a light box means you have fewer defenders in the box than they have blockers. I mean, they have more blockers than you have defenders. So they should win the numbers advantage. When Texas plays with a light box, teams in Big 12 play averaging 3.9 yards per carry, only 34 rushing yards per game. 1.9 1.9 yards after contact per rush, and they've only allowed two explosive rushes with a light box. All those categories, by the way, are, are, are Big 12 leaders in uh, for the Texas defense, but that's how good they've been. 
and you're not going to run the ball on the Texas defense. It's one of the best rush defenses in the last 15 years in Big 12 play. It's one of the best rush defenses actually in the history of Texas football for them. And they, it starts with that D tackle combination that those two war daddies they got at the point of attack. It is. So you just can't move them. I mean, because you, you'd yeah. like to be able to double team both of them, but you can't do that. And they're in the numbers <laughs> game. <don't, don't>, yeah, exactly. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work. You're SOL. Yeah, and that's then you got a guy like Baron Sorrells and Ethan Burke, and those guys get single teamed, and um, that leads to pressure. No, and those guys are vital, and they're both playing great. Tavondre Sweat, nothing against Byron Murphy, but Tavondre Sweat is just I – mean, the, the, the thing that's exciting is the way this program, that's why they're recruiting well, too – because uh, everybody will point to NIL and deep pockets. They're developing players, Rod. Yes, they are. I mean, Christian Jones, is, is the NFL is now looking at Christian Jones as maybe a first, you know, four-round four pick. Yeah, he'll be drafted. Uh, you know, day two, day three. Yep. Um, playing right tackle. That guy was such a project coming in. Has he grown up playing soccer and didn't play a lot of football? And now a guy like uh, Tavondre Sweat. Uh, just, he was a three-star, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he got a Huntsville. He just had to get his weight under control. He yeah. had to learn how to use his body. And Bo Davis is doing a hell of a job because those guys are, are, are escalating their draft stock, and that's what it's about. And um, we, we saw it last year with guys like I mean, Coburn and Ojimo were not even draft possibilities when the season began. Nope. They both got drafted. Yeah. So that, that resonates on the recruiting trail. Yeah, you're a young uh, you're Hey, a we're young playing for championships yep. and playing, but yep. we're also developing. Yeah, but Bo Davis is killing it. You're right. Well, <laughs> and, and, the, and the Longhorn freshman, Anthony Hill, cited that for the reason he switched from A&M to Texas. Jalen Ford, he saw the development. Yeah, he's Another like, three-star guy, I believe. Yeah, because well, right? that was a knock against Texas for a long time where five stars become three stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wasting the talent. Uh, this group's, this coaching staff's developing because I know that sometimes they can be frustrating the coverages and giving up yards and plays, whatnot. Man, this, this, this team is developing these players, so that's exciting stuff. Hey, we come back. Uh, when we do, it's what's popping on a busy what's Thursday. Poppin'? We got football tonight, basketball we got all of it we'll hit it coming next plus ty will have his sex panther pick of the night what's poppin brand new whip just hopped in i got options i can pass that flight stocking just joshing i'm spending this holiday locked in my body got rid of them toxins sports in the top 10 i can put the ball in the end zone put a bad in the what is poppin on a Thursday. That means the weekend starts here, and it certainly does. The high school football playoffs start tonight. We went through the schedule uh, into tomorrow. College football starts tonight with some uh, decent games. Virginia, not a good team, but they did beat North Carolina earlier this year. Uh, they're going to be at Louisville. Louisville might be a team you want to have a look at. Uh, they're an 8-1 and team that's uh, playing pretty darn well. May end up being the... Uh, you know, the represent the team playing Florida State in the ACC championship game when it's all said and done. Uh, that might be a decent little game tonight. Also, Southern Miss and Louisiana in the fun belt after all the matching last night. Also, have a couple NBA games, and they have what's been alleged to be an NFL game. Uh, it is. It's actually an NFL game. But it's the Carolina Panthers on the road in Chicago to play the Bears. The, and the Bears are not good. But they're going to have Tyler Bajant. I mean, if you're, like, digging for storylines, Rod has mentioned the Longhorn connection. You get to watch Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson tonight. They should be uh, featured attractions. I mean, Deontay's got 65 carries on the year now, scored a couple touchdowns. He was their leading ball carrier last week. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, Roshan Johnson is there, too. And they're trying to help their young quarterback, Tyson Bajant. Yeah. He's got uh, – he's the kid from – 
what was it called? Shepherd's College? West, West Virginia, you yeah. it was? Yeah, that's a crazy <laughs> Shepherd story. College, Division Two, and uh, here he is playing on a Thursday night football game mm. against the guy who went number one overall and played at Alabama, and we all know him. He's Bryce Young. He's finally starting to play better. He, he, he was a disaster at the beginning of the season. Bryce Young is playing a little bit better. Well, Since I the will, Texans game, actually, he's playing better. Well, there's a lot of numbers that would back this up, but he also doesn't have receivers that get open. Uh, you know, his lead receiver is Adam Thielen. And Adam Thielen's a nice player, but he doesn't beat man coverage. I was these like, days. Adam, he's not a bad player. Well, he's 30 something years old. He's not, he's always been more of a complimentary, but he's the number one guy. Uh, so if Adam Thielen's drawing the, the best corner, that could be a problem. DJ, DJ Chark would be the next guy, which he ain't nothing special. So he doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to, but yes, he's not playing great. Chuba Hubbard's the lead running back there. Ty, do you have a Sex Panther pick of the night for us, or what are we doing? I'll take Carolina plus three and a half. <laughs> Bears are terrible. Carolina plus three and a half. I, I don't, so I don't want to okay. pick this game, but I feel like it's – I need to. So Carolina <laughs> plus three. But I need to. You need to. Isn't there some other – maybe some other football action on? I don't know. I mean – I just mentioned it, the college. Why could you pick uh, bas- NBA? You're not watching There's the NBA There's only two yet? NBA games tonight. Those are oh, – okay, picking the NBA true. in the regular season is like flipping a coin. That uh, is true, too. Milwaukee is at Indiana. Indiana just pasted the Spurs. Now they play uh, Giannis and Crew. Did you, did you win your bet last night, Ty, with the, bang, with the, uh, the NBA? I forgot. Detroit, I, right? I, I didn't even look. Like I said, I'm taking, didn't look. I'm taking a gambling hiatus. Um, oh. So well, these picks are – I'm still researching, but I'm not checked. Let me, let me, let me get back to you on okay, that. Okay, well, let me check on you because you took Detroit last night. Um, did you, did you <laughs> see the, uh, the Rockets uh, court that they had? By the way, you did win your bet because the Bucks beat the Pistons by two points. Oh, there you, you had 12 points. There we go. With, so nice. good call. I'm hot. Good call right there. There you go. Shout out. Oh, did you see that uh, C.J. Stroud uh, got a chance to shoot the first shot? Yeah, uh, the, the Rockets, Rockets game. game. And the Rockets changed up their, like, court, uh, their court design. It's pretty cool. They got, like, an astronaut dunking. That is cool. And they're oh, doing that, you know, for those for that um, in-season tournament they're doing. They do those the funky courts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause that's, it's pretty, it's, I ain't going to lie. It's pretty badass. Well, I'm going to give C.J. Stroud credit for that, for showing up. And now they won. They beat the Lakers by 30. He's a hooper. Oh, he, has a, he had a line. I don't know. Ty actually may have the sound, the audio. I sent it to him for uh, who said that, but uh, we didn't get a chance to get to it, where basically C.J. Stroud <laughs> says that every football player wants to be a basketball player, every basketball player wants to be a football player, and they all want to be baseball players. And I don't know why he said oh, they all want to baseball play. I think because of the guaranteed, guaranteed money. money. <laughs> guaranteed money. <laughs> I think that's why he said they all want guaranteed, to be baseball homie. Yeah, And all of them, and all the sports, want to be rappers. They all want, well, musicians. Musicians, yeah. Oh, yeah, they all, I, I think every athlete wants to be a musician. Every musician wants to be an athlete. No doubt. Some guy. And I don't know why, but they don't think their, whatever, their profession is cool enough. And it's like, yeah, both of y'all are pretty cool. All right, so Ty's <laughs> going to take the Panthers with his uh, nose – pitch like this uh i would take the bears grudgingly i'll take the bears i think i don't know i don't know bears uh i'm still you know we talk about the texans and the cowboys i don't know how the cowboys lost to the cardinals of arizona and i don't know houston lost to carolina those are two crushing yeah i don't know how yeah houston Uh, lost to carolina houston should have two wins because they should have beat atlanta too I know. They should have beat it. Both were on the last wins. play of the game, yeah. essentially. Uh, they should have beat them, too. Well, think about that. If Houston had found a way to hold that game up, those, they'd be sitting at 6-3, uh, six hey. and 6-2. Six and like, yeah, you're right. They'd be close to well, the division. Because they're 4-4 right four 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 the where the if they had bad losses. Yeah, they right. would be. Yeah. And that's, again, you know, because I know most of our audience didn't watch the Remember, they beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville. And they beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> they beat and they beat the, the, Jacksonville. The Saints yeah. are a division leader. Yeah. <laughs> Back, Buccaneers were a winning team. I mean, were at one point, and they beat them. So their four wins are quality. Then they've lost a couple of games where uh, Carolina, you know, got them at the gun, and Atlanta came back and beat them. 
And those are so that's what D'Amico Ryan's has to get them playing to a more consistent level. Yeah, the defense uh, actually is what D'Amico needs to tweak. Yeah, defense you know. is actually well, and that you know they didn't have Will uh, Will Anderson Will Anderson at the end of last year. They just couldn't generate a pass rush against Baker Mayfield. They got when they have Jonathan Gennard and Will Anderson, they're popping. They yeah. can come off the edges. Uh, they need Will Anderson to get back because they couldn't get after Baker Mayfield. Uh, Cowboys are the 16 and a half point favorite on Sunday against the Giants. It's the largest spread of the year. Also, this rod though, what's popping as we get to the top of the hour. What's popping? Ryan Day and Greg Schiano, both with very uh, aggravated and terse answers today when asked about the Michigan allegation that they were sharing signs at Rutgers, <laughs> Purdue, and Ohio State. Oh, really? How about, how about Schiano? So I'm getting ready to play the 22nd-ranked team in the country at their place. Uh, they're 15-1 in the month of November. I'm very confident in the way we handled our business. I'm not going to get into specifics. That's not my issue. This is not my issue. I'll let the people handle it who's is. Quite frankly, I'm a little bit ticked off. We have to talk about this. This isn't our problem. <laughs> All right. Sign stealing is going on everywhere. People just are just not as sophisticated and as uh, large-scale as Michigan was. Yeah, she almost trying to say, hey, Michigan, don't throw your problem in my lap. No. No, not Don't the deflect. same. Not the same. Make it a conversation for me. One's a misdemeanor, one's a felony. And I think the Michigan was a felony. Yes. <laughs> and against the rules blatantly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Rod. All right, good one, buddy. Have you a too, good brother. Thursday. Good stuff. Uh, Ty, you do the same. We'll be back on a Friday morning. It'll be yes, a football sir. Friday. Rod will get us some Ric yeah, Flair right. woos and get you ready for the weekend. Uh, five more hours coming tomorrow as we get you into your weekend. Coming up next, it's Jim Rome. Then it's Rich Eisen. Or sports, sports complex this afternoon, 5 to 7. Uh, high school football coming up tomorrow. We're looking forward to all of it. Uh, all right, have a great one. Everything podcast at hornfm.com.